You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. Great. So last week we um, we started a new series called Hands In, and uh, we haven't actually really explained why we called it that, but I think that's going to become clearer as we as we go on today. And there is a, a fuller description on the website as well if you want to go and read that. So uh, Rob started us off by thinking about what is the church, so big C. So reminding us that the calling of the church is to be, as Leslie Newbegin says, a credible sign, instrument, and foretaste of the kingdom of God. And Rob talked about it as like this big feast where everybody's invited and where we perhaps budge up to make space for others. So I'd really encourage you to catch up with that talk through the podcast if you weren't around last week. And so this week we're thinking about what is this church? So what makes this specific church distinctive from other churches and what's it like being part of Oasis Church Bath? So I'm going to talk about how being part of Oasis makes us unique then what it means to be a Baptist church, and then how we live those things out more locally through this phrase, transformation through community. And you'll hear us, that pops up um, in a few places. And then finally, we'll be thinking about some particular priorities for us this year. And I will be playing a clip from Ted Lasso. So if you're a fan, you've got that to look forward to. And if you've never seen that and have no idea what I'm talking about, don't worry, I'm going to tell you everything that you need to know. Okay, so firstly then, we are an Oasis church. So that means we're part of a global organisation that seeks to create a community where everyone is included, makes a contribution and reaches their God-given potential. So that's what Oasis is, is all about, whether, whether it's an academy or a community project or a housing project, a church or a secure school, that's the goal. That is the mission for everyone everywhere that is involved with Oasis. And under Oasis, we're part of Oasis Church Network, or OCN, which is this growing network of churches who are defined by the same four characteristics. And that started with Oasis Church Waterloo in London, and we were the first church to join Oasis as an existing congregation. And we did this in 2018. We were then joined by Oasis Church Hull a couple of years later. Oasis Church Reading launched in September last year, and we have three or four other churches that we're in conversation with about becoming part of us too. Two of those are like on the dotted line. I'll be able to tell you about them soon. They're very exciting. And I mentioned these four defining characteristics, and I won't say loads about them because I think we've covered them before. And again, there's lots of detail about them on the website if you want to know more. Um, But the four things are, and they're on that sign at the back if you want to have a read as well. Again, online, they're on the website. Um, So those are these four things. So full inclusion, an open progressive theology, a commitment to social justice, and an informal church service style. And we say these four characteristics make us unique because... kind of when they're combined and because in our experience we don't see many churches where all of these things exist at the same time and there might be other churches and we hope there are but there's not a lot in our experience and so combining these things I think makes us unique and we think makes Oasis churches unique. Another key part of an Oasis church is this idea of as Rob called it last week kind of fuzzy edges and this is represented by the O in the Oasis logo so we call it our messy O And it's that similar thing of of sort of fuzzy edges. So we're a Christ-centred community. So everything that we do is inspired by the person of Jesus. He's our core. He's our centre. But we want everyone who wants to, to be part of us, to feel like they belong, whatever they believe. 
So we have people who are right on the edge, people who come in and out. We have people right at the centre who are trying to live out what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we have people who are all sorts of in between and people who have no idea where they are. And that's the goal, that everybody belongs. There's a place for everybody. Everybody's welcome to be who they are, to come as they are. So that means as a church, we're not going to tell you what to think or what to believe. Nobody will stand at the front and give you the right answer. You know, in fact, I think actually, hopefully we raise more questions than we give answers. And we welcome diversity and disagreement because we think that makes us stronger as a community. Okay, secondly then, we're a Baptist church, um, and we have been since this building was built over 150 years ago in 1869, and that means that we believe each of us has a part to play, so that we as a family, as a community, or another way of putting it, maybe as a church membership, we can discern the will of God together, so we can all hear God and live out what we think he's calling us to do together in the world. So that means there's no one special leader or person with a a direct line to God. You know, we're all part of this. We're a team. And over the next few months, we're going to be digging into what this idea of church membership is um, as reflected through these four core elements of membership. So these are the topics that we're going to be looking at. So participation, giving, community and formation. So those are the things that as a church membership, we, we try to aspire to. But actually, even if we're not formally a church member, you know, we're still just as much a part of things if we want to be. And those four things, I think I've just said, are great goals to work towards anyway, aren't there, in church, I think, for all of us. And I've mentioned earlier community forums, and that's one way we express our commitment as church members, just to gather on Zoom once every month or two to hear what's going on, to be informed about everything that's happening, to raise our voice, maybe to speak up when we need to, and to help steer the vision and the direction of the church. So those are maybe some of the bigger picture things of this church, you know, Oasis and the Baptist Church are are big things, aren't they? Big networks, big identities. So we're going to move on to think perhaps on a more micro or local level. So what makes us unique here in Bath? And I've mentioned it already, but I think this is best expressed through a phrase that you'll hear is used from time to time. And that phrase is transformation through community. And an even simpler way to put that, uh, something Jesus said was the greatest commandment, the best thing that we can do. So all the law, every rule, every guideline, every piece of wisdom summed up as this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. You shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So in a word, love. We're about love. We are loved and we love other people. And there's a number of ways that I think we specifically do that. So we do this through our community work. So the projects that we run, they're not just meeting needs, they're building relationships. And it's this relationship, this community or this love, that is what transforms people. And that's what we've seen time and time again. What impacts people, what changes people is love and relationship. Sometimes meeting people's needs might be the kind of way into that, that opportunity to start building that relationship. And maybe some, there's more about that, what that looks like in terms of our community work through our impact report, which we produce every year. And there's a, a new one of those coming out um, soon. And uh, the other one, the 2022 one, um, is at the back if you'd like to pick that up if you haven't seen that before. So we do it through our community work. I think we also do it through our celebration and affirmation of the LGBT plus community, which I think is a really specific calling of this church. So we've run our carol service in partnership with a couple of other affirming churches in the city for a few years now. 
I um, love going and visiting off the records LGBT plus youth group um, probably a couple of times a year and um, I'm also involved with some of their youth workers when things come up or there's issues of faith or young people have questions and things um, they get me involved sort of when I'm needed which is great and we're also involved in wider conversations about inclusion with with other church leaders organizations and within the Baptist church and I think we're kind of exploring more and that'll be a key thing for us this year what's our what's our role within that setting within that um, yeah, forum in terms of other Baptist churches and the Baptist church as a whole, particularly within this area. I also think one of the unique things of this church is that we're a safe space for people who are questioning their faith. Um, so if, you, if you're familiar with the word deconstructing or you know, even people who have no idea what they believe anymore and are sort of exploring what that looks like for them. So I think we're a safe place for people also to reimagine their faith, to find a way that actually does work, to rebuild, to restore and evolve and I think there's a recognition here that an evolving faith is a healthy faith. And so we encourage growth and change. Something that's always been really important to me as part of my own calling is this idea of being a pioneer. So being the first or making a way for others to follow. And I think that this is, that is something that this church does. So, um, you know, as I said, we were the first church to join Oasis. And as a result of that, you know, we paved a way for others to do that. And the results of that are now a growing network of progressive churches, which is really exciting and really, really needed in this country. I think we do it through our community work, the different approach that we have. I think that we do it through our Sunday service pattern, that we're not afraid to say maybe we just need a day off once a month and that's okay. Um, our pastoral care structure, there's loads of things I could list. I think we are not afraid to do things differently or to try something that might not work. And finally, and I, I think this is really special, that I genuinely think we're a church that holds and welcomes diversity really well. So this is a church full of quite different people, different ages and stages, different values and priorities, and actually different beliefs. I love that, and I think we're stronger and richer for it. And there's nothing more boring than a church full of people who look the same and think the same and all have the same beliefs. And I like the diversity and difference that we manage to hold, even though that sometimes isn't easy. So um, a few years ago now, and there was the sort of very early days of me being in the, the role, and we uh, needed to sort out the entire building, basically, and clear out this absolutely colossal amount of rubbish from almost every space. We had what we called a Sort It Sunday. Who was here for Sort It Sunday? Good times. Um, I thought if I give it a jazzy name, people will, if you call it like come to the building and sort out all our crap Sunday, then it's not as catchy and people don't come. See, so, yeah, I'm saying crap now, it's Claire's fault. Um, <laughs> so I will show you a picture that will demonstrate the scale of what we collected and discarded. So the church was full um, of stuff. And you can probably already spot some of the differences uh, as to what this space looks like now. So, you know, signs that actually fit the, the, the boards they're part of. I'm really glad that that weird pink door has also gone at the back. Um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was a mammoth effort, wasn't it? And I actually think in itself, that's kind of a metaphor maybe for the, our journey as a church. You know, we've had to sort, to sort through a lot of crap. I can't stop saying it now. <laughs> and actually get rid of, of maybe what we don't need anymore. You know, what doesn't serve us anymore. Being thankful for where we've come from, but knowing it's time for change. And I think that's true of us as a church, but I think it's also true actually for lots of us uh, about our inner selves. And I think lots of people have been on journeys where they've been you know, working through difficult things or reimagining for themselves what a faith and community look like. And I think COVID was a, a big part of that for some of us as well. 
Anyway, so when I, when I was sorting, I think there was a, a cupboard in the kitchen. I can't remember which one. It was just sort of overflowing with random stuff, like most people's kitchens. And um, there was this, uh, this Tupperware box. And this isn't the actual one, but I found the mankiest one that I could find from my house and took a picture of it. Um, and of course, there was no lid on this particular box. But we've all got one, haven't we? Or hundreds like this somewhere that, you know... Uh, they're a bit, bit broken, a bit stained, a bit scratched, maybe even like with someone else's name written on it. Uh, but something about um, this box, I think, captivated me while I was sorting and I stopped and, and looked at it for a while. And you'd think that sort of in the process of sorting through items in a 150-year-old church, you might have expected me to maybe identify some, some other things that are precious and important and valuable and holy. But nope, it was the Tupperware that got me in the fields. And I, I couldn't stop thinking about this, this container and all the stories that, that it might be able to tell. The meal that it carried to a family who'd just had a baby or maybe to someone who'd suffered a bereavement the communion bread it held and all that symbolised, maybe then that that was delivered to someone in hospital or a home that was unable to attend in person. The leftovers it stored from a bring and share lunch. Hint. <laughs> Money collected for charity and placed in it for safekeeping. Maybe the dinner of a youth worker microwaved before a youth cafe session in the basement. The biscuits placed inside it that were decorated in Oasis Kids. Maybe some of those kids who are now grown-ups at uni or with jobs. Less so now, but maybe even the leaks from the roof. It, it might have caught some leaks. We've had some of those. Less now, which is good. Maybe it even held some half-used tea lights. Each one a prayer. Each one a moment someone reached out to God and was heard. And the fact that it didn't just stay in the church building. It's been out all over the city, holding, helping showing love. This is not just a Tupperware box. This is a symbol, a relic, an icon, a sacrament. And it reminds me of this passage from 2 Corinthians 4, 6 to 8. But we have this treasure in clay jars so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed, perplexed but not driven to despair persecuted but not forsaken, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying around in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be made visible in our bodies. So when Paul was writing this, he may have had in mind the common practice in those days to hide valuable items in ordinary looking clay jars. So they didn't look like much, but what they hold was treasure. And I think that's us. I think that's what Paul was saying. You know, we're the vessels. We, we're the top of where we carry God's love and power everywhere we go. And we recognise and call it out in others. And we might be a bit broken, a bit fragile, a bit scratched and stained. We might even lose our lid a few times. But we have the power of God in us. We are filled with love, which overflows in our lives, our jobs, our homes, our communities. And that's the point. It's not just about what we do here on a Sunday. That is such a tiny part. We come in and then we go out and we overflow. And I know the concept of overflow has been really important to this church as well. But this church is filled with ordinary people, you know. Um, Tupperware. <laughs> but what it contains is holy and special and so maybe you feel like a boring clay jar but actually know that you are full of treasure you are priceless and precious and full of worth 
And maybe you have other things to add. So I've mentioned the idea of sort of overflow and being blessed to be a blessing. That's been really key to this community over the years. That incredible passage in Isaiah 58 that calls us to loose the bonds of injustice, to let the oppressed go free. There's loads that I haven't talked about and I hope we'll get a chance to maybe share our own thoughts um, a bit later. Okay, so finally then, what are some of the things that we as this church uh, might need to particularly prioritise, do or think about and what's going to be significant for us in 2024? And again, these are just my thoughts and again, um, I'd love to hear what you think and there'll be a chance for us to to share um, in a bit. And there are loads of things I could mention. I think we're on a journey to work out what inclusion looks like beyond the LGBT plus community. um, And that has a knock on impact on some of the things that we might feel are less or more urgent, like making our building more accessible, like the ways that we do our Sunday services and the way our structures and systems are set up. I also think our Baptist identity is going to be really key this year. And I know others on the church steering group have mentioned about how the results of the the BU consultation will be important and what our response will be to that. And also, again, what our role is within the Baptist network as an affirming and progressive church. But I I kind of had to pick one thing because of time. So I'm going to pick my one thing. And my one thing is about... uh, Watering the seed. It's either watering the seed or protecting the roots. I think it's a bit of both. So this is a napkin that I made Sarah drawing because I can't draw. Sarah's my wife. And uh, we were on holiday, which is, of course, where I always get ideas about church. Um, (laughs) And I was sat in this cafe and I was like, I think I get what it is. I kind of want like a seed with a tree and then everything comes off the tree. And then I tried to draw it and it was embarrassing. So she drew it for me. Um, So that's the original. Maybe this is a (laughs) slightly more, yeah, easier to see sort of version of it. So I've been thinking about, we've always got this question about how we, how we make sure there isn't this separation between church and hub, you know, like the stuff that we do as a church is on a Sunday and through our kind of Christian-y things and then the stuff that we do as a community through our charity is over here. And it's an ongoing journey working out how they're sort of the same thing but not and linked but yeah and we're still, still I think on that journey but I think what I've realised is that for me the church it's the seed for everything. Everything that we do comes out of us as a community. And what I mean by church is not necessarily that we meet together on a Sunday, that bit of church, but that is still really important. It's really important that the church, everything comes from that. So to give you an example, um, you know, you as a church, you employed me and I was able to apply for some grants that employed Claire and Claire has been able to set up community work and that has just kept going. So if you imagine like the seed and then the next bit and the next bit and the next bit and everything that we see now that's this flourishing tree, these multiple projects, hundreds of people that we're helping every week, all of that starts with the seed, which is the church. And so for me, I think we need to get back to understanding the importance of the church in the whole hub picture and investing more in that so that everything else can continue to grow. And it feels like with the community work, we always feel like we have, I mean, it's, it's not easy, but it feels like we have enough, you know, we have enough resources, we have, we can find grants. It doesn't, it hasn't felt, we've been really lucky and, and we've worked hard in the last few years to make sure that we've not, never set up anything that, you know, we, we felt like we couldn't sort of continue or sustain. We've, we've always been able to find funding. But church is always the area where it feels lacking. It feels like we don't have enough people or we don't have enough money to do the things that we want to do. And so that's my, my big hope and my big prayer for this year is that just the church feels more, more watered, um, yeah, more invested in because I know how important the church is to everything that we're trying to do to the vision as a whole so 
you know, we've, we've welcomed Amanda, which is great to have her, but it's really annoying that we're only able to say we've got a minister in training, but we're only able to like have her for seven months at the moment. You know, that's not enough time. Somebody needs to be in post permanently. Um, either, and we try different models. We try the assistant church leader. Now we're sort of seeing what a minister in training looks like. But there needs to be somebody in an employee capacity that isn't just me, um, because there's too much that I have to do, and it's just it's not possible. And I have a brilliant team of volunteers that help me. But that brilliant team of volunteers in our church steering group, um, we've had nobody new join that group for four years. So you know, people in that group are tired, and it's right that people don't feel it's all on them. That other people that that group can kind of flex and change. And I do, I'm not, I'm not going to name this lovely individual, but, you know, for example, there's somebody on the church showing group who is never going to do the upfront stuff, but just kept forward, came forward and said, I know that this is an area of need. Can I help? And they help in so many ways by who they are, by the practical things that they do. And I think sometimes we look at a group like the church showing group and we go, well, I can't do that because I can't preach or I don't have any. But it's not about that. It's just about being a voice and being who you are and bringing whoever you are to that group to help us with what we should be doing as a church. And also we really need more trustees. So we're, we're down to our absolute minimum number of trustees, which just isn't good practice um, for a, a church or a charity. So I'm really hoping that we'll get more people that are prepared to kind of step up and take a risk and rather than just participate to actually lead and, and yeah, own things more. And I don't know, I don't want that to feel pressuring or aggressive, but I'm just, I need to be honest at this point about what we need because it feels like it's okay to just say what we, what we need. And that is what we need. Um, worship, I think we're um, we're kind of reshaping that, and I think we've had a really interesting journey, and I've loved the difference and the diversity again that we've as we've kind of experimented and explored. And again, that's an area that we have um, need for for more people to step in and help us experiment with that. Um, and yeah, I also think the, um, the the pantry and everything that we do, those link projects are going to be. There's a big sort of um, key point for us where the funding that we have comes to an end at the end of this year. So we've got some opportunities to reshape maybe the structure of our community where think about what we really need as a staff structure because it's probably not the same as it was three, four years ago. Um, so yeah, and again, that almost the pantry in itself, I think is a bit of a seed that then every, everything, you know, a lot of stuff grows out of that. So I think that's going to be a key concept, watering the seed, protecting the roots. And I see that the, the root, the acorn, if you like, um, as, as the church, everything that we do, comes from that and that will probably mean needing to um to raise more money needing to raise our amount of our number of bleh, the amount of people who give regularly or give one off as well and those of you that that do give and do give regularly or one off whatever thank you without you yeah like i said none of the other stuff that we would be able to do um yeah would happen so i need to stop talking but we're kind of moving into the response bit now. And as I said, um, lots of you will already know that one of my favourite recent TV shows is Ted Lasso. And I'm going to play a clip from it in a minute, which is going to form, I think, our response really to what I've said today. So if you haven't seen Ted Lasso, it's a series on Apple TV, and it's about an American football coach who's brought to the UK to coach British soccer team AFC Richmond, even though he knows absolutely nothing about English football and has never coached a soccer team before. And actually, rather than it all going wrong, Ted's love for people, his positive approach, his collaborative and empowering nature mean that the team actually ends up going from strength to strength and not just on the field, but off it as well, as he helps each individual not only find who they are, but reach their full potential. Ted is a coach who loves people and this love is transformative. It's a beautiful, uplifting show and I love it. And it's why I've called this series Hands In. 
I think that TV can sometimes be prophetic. I think sometimes there's something that creative people catch wind of and, and make um, for us to see. So if, I don't know if people have seen the post office um, series, the dramatization of the post office scandal. If you haven't watched that, do watch it. It's, it's really powerful. It's about justice and um, it's put that issue, that uh, those events in the spotlight in a way that nothing else could have done. Um, and I think that's, I think Ted Lasso has got something to say to us at the moment. The world needs <laughs> a show like this that, that is looking at, yeah, people reaching their full potential. So, um, the other thing that you need to know is that Ted has um, like a sign that he um, sort of sticks above his like office door. So it's a yellow sign, yeah, with blue writing on it that says believe, says the word believe. And the team sometimes touch the sign for good luck um, on their way out to the field. And during one rousing halftime speech, the sign starts to fall off the wall and the players really freak out because they think it's sort of tied to their success. And Ted takes the rest of the sign, he rips it into pieces and they all like shout and scream and go mad. But he tells them it's just a sign and they need to believe in themselves and each other. And you'll see Ted point to the wall during the scene we'll watch as he forgets it's no longer there. So the scene that I'm going to play is a scene from the last ever episode and Ted is leaving to move back to the US having coached the team to success. And it's half time and they're two goals down to their arch rivals West Ham United. Sorry if we've got any West Ham fans. And Ted gives one of his famous half time talks and it's his last ever half time talk. Now, um, as we watch it, and this is why this is kind of more of our response bit, I just want you to notice what jumps out at you. So what does this clip say about the church? And what does this clip say about this church? So I guess a kind of lecto divina, but with Ted Lasso in, instead of the Bible. That's a thing, right? Um, so yeah, we'll watch it. What does this say about the church? And what does this say about this church? And in a minute, we're going to have some time to share our thoughts. Let's watch that now. But, you know, I'll get to all that in a minute. No, uh, right now, all I want to do is let you gentlemen know what an absolute honor it's been to be your coach. Getting to work with y'all these last three years has truly been one of the greatest experiences of my life. I've loved getting to know each and every single one of you. Learning all about the men you were and getting front row seat to see the men y'all have become. And I want to thank you for your patience with me. You know, when I showed up here, I didn't know one thing about soccer. But now, now I know at least one thing about football. <laughs> I'm just so gosh damn proud to be a part of this team, you know? And I love you guys. I'm gonna miss y'all. Now, regarding this second half, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know what I mean? No one does. Sports would be a lot less fun if we did. You know? And you all would probably make a lot less money, so. You know. <laughs> we don't want to know the future, no. No, we won't be here right now. And look, I, I know we're down a couple goals, but I'm telling you, man, if y'all play hard, play smart, Play together and just, you know. Just do what y'all do. 
And we'll go out with a peace of mind knowing we did our best. Right? That we tried, yeah? Oh, all right. Anybody else have something to say? Good. Yeah, Sam, we got. it is. Number four. Yeah. All right, let's bring it in. I know folks like to say there's no place like home. That's true. places like AFC Richmond either. Captain. Original free. One, two, three. Free! There ain't a whole lot of places like Oasis Church Bath. you think I was going to do something horrendous and like pass a microphone around I'm not going to do that don't worry <laughs> I've decided against it but yeah I think there's always I think there's so much in that for me um you know we each we each bring our piece and it might be screwed up and broken and we might feel like it's worth nothing but all of those pieces together they help us believe not just in God but in ourselves in each other in this world that things can be different, that things can be better, that things can change and be transformed.
And yeah, without you, without your part in that, we can't do it. And so, yeah, that was, there's, there's lots more I could say about what that means, but I'd love to know what you think. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be good just to maybe have a bit, of, a bit of chat with the people around you. So, actually, what jumped out at you? So, what does it say, do you think, about, about the and this church? And what have I missed? You know, so, oh, Joe, you didn't mention that. You know, that's really, that's really important about this specific church. Um, so, yeah, we'll just have a few minutes um, to chat about that. And I want to just create a few minutes for, for people to share if you do want to come up and say something that you feel answers, um, yeah, one or, one or two of those questions just, just briefly. So we'll have a few minutes to chat. Um, but, yeah, then um, I'll invite anybody that wants to come up and share. Go for it. Great. Hopefully these are conversations that we can uh, carry on talking about over coffee as well. So I'd love just um, be brave because I'm so bored of my own voice. I'd love to hear what somebody else thinks. And yeah, it doesn't have to be, please don't let it be long. Just a little thing. You know, what What jumped out at you? What does it say about this church, the church? Um, anything that you miss that you think is important to share? So do come on up. Be brave. Tell us what you think. Owen's going to share what he thinks, I reckon. I think it just struck me that when they all got their bits of yellow paper out, they were getting them from different places, different sizes and whatever else. And I think that kind of, you know, sums up what a church could and should be like, that we all carry our little bit of belief that might be different sizes, might be different condition, might be whatever else, and we hold it somewhere random that works for us. And it, there is no right or wrong place. They weren't all holding them in, in their shin pads or in their what looked to be a Bible or something else. Um, so, yeah. Love that. Thank you, Dave. Thanks, Karen. Um, I I love Ted Ted Lasso as well. I'm a Ted Lasso fan, but um, I think that the type of leadership uh, that works for AFC Richmond is that there's not someone promising success, but he has a vision for how they should be with each other and how they should play and that leads them to success but all along he's like I don't know if it's going to work out even in that clip he sort of says who knows what it's going to look like but this is what we're going to do every time yeah thank you this is why this bit is so cool because everybody sees like different things and it's yeah anyone else I think what, what struck us in our conversation is that hope needs all of us and it's got nothing to do with being perfect. It's, it's actually about not being perfect and it's about the fact that life is completely unpredictable and that is actually paradoxically also the source of hope. Yeah. One to think on. Thank you, Andy. Anyone else?
so this is going to be completely me showing my age, but the bit where they each in turn got that got out a bit of paper reminded me massively of um, Dead Poet Society and standing on the chair, you know, captain, my captain. Um, and the idea that someone does it first, fine, but actually someone does it second and someone does it third and, and it goes on and on and on, just snowballs. Um, I am Spartacus, you know, take your reference, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, that idea that we, as individuals, we do that within the church, as Oasis Bath, we do that within Bath, within whatever. And as the church, we do that within the world. You know, someone goes first, someone goes second, someone goes third. Love that, yeah. And every, every part of that process is just as important and just as needed, yeah. For real. Anyone else? Like um, probably most, um, probably all sports teams, and we saw this with the um, the women's Lions team. Is it? Yeah. Um, they have their rituals uh, that bring them together, like the hand holding in the middle, which is sort of quite a common thing, I think. But they probably would have had other ones, um, and those sort of help to bond everyone, not just as a network, but as a whole. Thank you, Tiki. Okay, any final? You're sat there going, oh, don't want to, but. <laughs> I think the thing that uh, struck me from the team talk was just that thing about giving it your best shot. You know, like Andy says, we don't know what the outcome is, but let's not go away thinking we could have done better, we could have given more, we could have done that extra, gone that extra mile. So I think it's, it's just that, isn't it? Of just like, well, we, we give it our best shot and then kind of sort of hand it over to God, I guess, in that sense as well. Um, I always think that kind of the, the story of the little boy with his loaves and fish is, is what we do. We just kind of say, well, this is what I've got. It's not going to be much good, is it? Surely it's not going to really help, is it? Well, that turns out it does. Yeah. Real. Thank you, everybody. And yeah, if you've got more to say, please do carry on the conversations afterwards. Okay, maybe let's just, I know we've gone over time, but I don't care because it felt important, so <laughs> let's pray. God, we thank you for just everything that you've said this morning, for that reminder of, of hope and holding hope for each other, for just, yeah, almost pieces, fragments, parts, little things that we all have that we bring together and it makes something amazing with your power and because of your love. And so God, we just ask that um, anything unhelpful today that you just help us ignore it, but also you'd help, yeah, perhaps give us courage to explore where we might feel challenged or prompted. And yeah, that you'd help us to feel encouraged and reassured by some of the reminders this morning as well. And for all of us sort of over the next week or two, as we, uh, um, particularly this week as we approach Partnership Sunday as well, yeah, what, what is our part here? Just continue to talk to us about that and what that looks like. And we thank you that you take whatever we bring and you make it amazing, that that is who you are. You take death and you, you do resurrection. And so we just bring every every piece to you right now that maybe feels weak or broken or not enough that feels painful or like death 
And we just ask that you take it and you do your thing with it through us. And you help us see resurrection in those things and places and people and situations. Amen. You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.